Hello, and welcome back to the Talk Nats podcast. Uh, my name is Kevin Nibley, and as always, I'm joined by Brian King. How's it going, World Series champion? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, what are, are you drinking anything special tonight to celebrate? Oh, yes. So here's a long story that I'll try to like keep relatively short for our time here. <laughs> uh, so way back in 2014, do you remember the 18-inning game? Everyone knows. I do. Yes, the Jordan Zimmerman. Yeah, okay. So that day, uh, me and my now wife were wine tasting up in San Luis Obispo, and Ooh. that game lasted so long. We literally like started <laughs> wine tasting, bought a bunch of wine, like went to a park to drink the wine and listen to the game on the radio. I passed out in the park because you know <laughs> wine on like a picnic yeah, table. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, we got a skinny guy too. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Went home, cooked dinner, like listened to the Dodgers game because they were playing and my wife's a big Dodgers fan. I passed out again and woke up like for the very end of the game. So today I'm drinking a Syrah, which is one of the bottles that I purchased on that day. I figured it was a nice little uh, full circle. Uh, nice. Yes, excise the playoff demons, if you will. Did it age well? Oh, it aged very well. <laughs> cool. I'm actually oddly drinking a Syrah cap blend myself, but I, I this was one I bought for $10 at Wegmans in New Jersey, so I can't, it doesn't quite have the same thing going. But um, <laughs> did you have any weird rituals uh, during the postseason? Well, so my wife and I have a tradition that actually started during the UVA basketball run where if the team reaches certain milestones we have to do with the chug shots of Jaeger because Jaeger <laughs> Jaegermeister is kind of the most disgusting alcohol ever and so the Nats beginning the playoffs I'm like if they get the World Series we'll chug Jaeger and then they did so we, we had to drink some freaking more Jaeger but I'm, I'm developing Gosh. a tolerance to it now. Now I'm like, oh, it tastes real good. It tastes <laughs> like victory. We had like a really screwed up thing in my house uh, where uh, John Wick, my cat, whenever the Nats needed an out, like whenever two guys got on base for the opposing team, I would pick up John Wick and sort of cradle him and sing this song to him. Like if Strasburg was on the mound, it'd be a song along the lines of like, Uncle Steven needs his lucky cat. You know, and I did this whole <laughs> stupid thing with my cat and uh but what was crazy is it like worked every time it like literally never did not work but the, the funny thing with with that too is uh every time we do it i give him a treat afterwards and uh, i think games six and seven were so tense and the astros had so much traffic early in the games i gave him so many treats that he ended up like throwing up or something <laughs> and my uh my fiance was kind of like wanted to take him to the vet <laughs> Um, well, it seems like we're getting a, a trash can banging sound from our dugout. That means uh, that's probably enough of us uh, blabbering. Um, as always, uh, follow us at TalkNats Podcast. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much anywhere you'd like to get a podcast. And I did want to give a quick shout out to the urban sports scene. They had me on as a guest uh, several times throughout the playoff run. Give their show a shot. I, I really appreciate them tapping me as the Nats expert. <laughs> so anyway, with all that being said, uh, we're going to bring in our first guest, uh, Rudy Gersten, uh, Washington Post contributor and DC's number one super fan. Rudy, thanks a lot uh, for taking the time. Sure, no problem. Thanks for having me. 
Now, first off, uh, you have an amazing Twitter and uh, kind of seem to be living the dream. Um, you basically become uh, DC's version of Marlins Man. You know, you seem to be in the front Ooh. row. <laughs> that's, that's sort of a backhanded compliment. I did. No. Okay, uh, well, I didn't mean I it backhanded. Uh, but, you know, you, <laughs> you, you seem uh, to be in the front row for pretty much every big DC sporting event. Um, how did that start? Well, you know, as a poor college student, I... Uh, <laughs> I was always in the, in the last row, uh, <laughs> trying to get into games at uh, you know the old RFK, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just uh, I sort of you know spend all my uh, all my extra income on on sporting events, and um, you know I don't have season tickets. I, I sort of pick and choose mm-hmm. which games I go to, and uh, as a unmarried. Uh, man without kids, it's, you know, your all your disposable income <laughs> sure. seems to go to, to sporting events. So Now, from what I saw on Twitter, you caught a flight to Houston in the afternoon before Game 7 against the Astros and ended up at the ballpark that night. What made you decide to go so last minute and walk us through that day? So the night before, um, which I think was your birthday, wasn't it? The, it was. Uh, oh, thank you game, for remembering. Game 6. You got the game six win. I got the game seven win. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're pretty close there. But yeah, the game six I watched at uh, my parents' place. And sure enough, um, we win game six. And the way it happened with the controversy with Trey. Oh, God, yeah. And, uh, you know, the momentum that we had. And, you know, we, we knew that, that Scherzer was going to be pitching game seven. I, I just sort of on a whim said, you know, I'm there's no way I can miss this. Yeah. Um, so got got the last flight out of BWI without hotel booked without a ticket <laughs> um, and just I didn't even pack a bag you know I, I yeah. went out there with a couple of chargers for my phone and I made the mistake of, of, of not being prepared for the the cold weather inside the dome you know, oh you yeah what was gonna be what was that about yeah no, I, I saw some crazy. yeah all the Houston fans said it they'd never experienced that that it was the coldest it had ever been in there and there was actually if you could see the uh the flags out in in right field i mean it was there was such winds that i mean even with the dome closed they had a draft in there that must have been huh. you know 10 or 15 mile an hour which i don't know if they, if that was intentional or not <laughs> uh, to throw it off, but yeah uh, it didn't work yeah some some other things have come to light since that maybe you think that, that could have been right, intentional right, right? Exactly. yeah yeah you look at everything with Houston now <laughs> you know under a different lens i mean it really yeah. it is interesting to look back at at this series and and sort of take a closer look at some of the things that didn't go our way or that seemed a little odd at the time and and now that we know that this team you know is under investigation um I wouldn't put it past them. That was a tough one um, through, you know, the first six, uh, you know, innings or so. Uh, Grinky looked unhittable. I mean, was there a moment when you were there where you're like, oh, man, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I flew out here and this guy's going to throw a no-hitter, right? It, it, sort of, it sort of fit the pattern, though, of all of our elimination games. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you know, we go down early and, you know, we, we regroup, we, we stop the bleeding, and, you know, we start chipping away. You know, I actually went up uh, to try to use the restroom um, around the, the sixth inning, mm-hmm. and the lines were so long that I couldn't I couldn't get in, um, <laughs> and I would have to miss a full at least an inning. Sure. So um, I ended up going back to my seat quickly, and uh, it was a good thing. Um, Rendon hits, you know, that bomb, and uh, you know, my dad had texted me, you know, we need to get 
Howie out of the game. Howie's been struggling. And I said to him, you know, we felt this way in the Dodgers game five. He wanted me to tell Rizzo, get him out of the game. I said, no, uh, he's going to win this. How close were you sitting uh, to, to Mike? Uh, were, 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 were you close enough to tell him? Uh, I lucked out that I was right, you know, a few a few seats over from Rizzo. And, you know, I got, you know, after we we end up um, you know, taking the lead and, and the last couple innings, you know, I'm just sort of, Taking, taking in the whole scene. I'm, I'm recording every big moment that I can, and I'm just screaming my, my lungs out. I mean, I, I, the whole thing was just such a blur that as a longtime D.C. sports, you know, long-suffering fan, yeah, we don't get too many of those. You know, it's definitely something I'll, I'll always remember. When Howie hit the go-ahead off the foul pole, did you think they were going to do it after that, or did you need to wait for that last out? Oh, yeah. I thought it was over. Right then, I, I sort of knew it was over. I did, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm screaming at him, you know, finish the fight, finish <laughs> the fight. But, you know, we sort of, it was lined up perfectly. You know, for all the criticism, myself included, of, of Davey, he mm-hmm. really called a, a brilliant postseason. I mean, you know, and I know it was a team effort and that, you know, a lot of that was, was planned with the front office as well. And, I, you know, I feel terrible for some of the you know early season criticisms of of Davey but, oh sure uh, you know he's he, what he did for every not just every baseball manager but for every coach who's struggling you know early in a season is now going to be able to point to yeah. Davey Martinez and say you know they were 19 and 31 and um you know, they ended up winning the World Series. Everyone was saying, "Fire him." I, I definitely was one of the people who probably thought he should have been fired at nineteen and thirty-one, and obviously, <laughs> I was proven wrong, and I'm wrong often. So I, I could not be happier to be so wrong. Well, you know, there were very few people who who were uh, defending Davey through those early season struggles, sure. and um, you know, looking back at you know some of the things that we would get upset about. I mean, it was mostly bullpen related, hmm. and you know, once we sort of corrected some some roster moves, I mean, once Rosenthal was gone and Bearclaw, <laughs> yeah. you know, once once he couldn't put in these guys to blow it, um, you know, this whole season sort of turned around. All right, uh, that was a little bit uh, from Rudy Gersten, and we'll be back with him in just a second. Um, yeah, so Game 7 in Houston, Texas, it's 45 degrees uh, with the wind uh, you know, blowing. That, that seems a little sketchy to me. I mean, at least it was the same for both teams, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Was it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. We beat them, so who cares? <laughs> exactly. Um, anyway, um, so that takes us to uh, one of my favorite segments, Freaking, Tweaking, etc., etc. Okay. Um, Anthony Rendon is a free agent. Uh, a lot of people think he's played his last game as a Nat. Brian, are you freaking, tweaking, blowing your paycheck on Nats World Series gear? Uh, I guess I'm tweaking. I'm tweaking, I'm tweaking, I'm tweaking, I'm tweaking. It's hard to be, uh, to have any kind of anxiety about the team right now in the, you know, the afterglow of the World Series. Um, sure. But... It's going to be tough to keep all the free agents and, you know, Rendon's going to get a ton of money. And he's a guy that, you know, he doesn't get injured a ton. But when he does, he's out for like 
six more weeks than they say he's gonna be out for you know they're like oh yeah he's got like yeah. a bruise on his thigh he's gonna be out for you know day to day and then like six months later he's yeah, like yeah, back yeah. and at the end of the day if the guy's gonna walk he's gonna walk you know everyone thought that losing bryce harper was gonna be the end of the team and we won a freaking world series uh yeah i'm i, I already have blown a paycheck on that's world series gear but uh i i'm at a tweak i agree with everything you said uh one player doesn't make a team um but, you know, when you talk about Anthony, you're talking about a number three hitter. You know, I think short term, the team really needs him back. I, long term, I, I'm with you. I, I don't necessarily know if I want to be paying Anthony Rendon $35 million in his, you know, when he's 36 or 37 years old. But we will see. Okay. Um, Steven Strasburg. A lot of people expect him to come back, but that's certainly not a given. Are you freaking, tweaking, buying an advent calendar for your pet? Oh, I'm definitely buying an advent calendar for my <laughs> for my cats. Um, I think he's coming back. I mean, the dude signed uh, an extension with the Nats once already. He obviously likes DC. He doesn't like change. I think you know he just wants a big fat raise. And I think the Nationals yeah. are you know even more likely to give him uh, a deal than and then Anthony Rendon just because you know their, their team is built around starting pitching. So I, I think a deal gets done there. For sure. Yeah, I'm I'm buying John Wick uh, an advent calendar. <laughs> um, I think probably you know six one eighty, which would be a nice eighty million dollar raise for Strass. Uh, I don't think the learners will let both of them go. I, I think that would be a, a doomsday scenario for them. So I think they open their wallet and kind of give Strasburg whatever he wants. Okay, uh, Nat's pen for 2020. It's it's very early in the off season, but right now. In terms of guys we have under contract, we're really just looking at Doolittle, Rainey, Suero. Um, so there's a lot of building to be done. Are you freaking, tweaking, uh, listening to Eddie Money's greatest hits? You know I'm rocking Eddie Money. Yeah, I mean, geez, we just won a World Series with literally the worst bullpen in history. So I'm pretty sure that <laughs> Rizzo point. can put together a halfway decent bullpen for next season. I mean, hopefully we're not as terrible as last year, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sweating it too much. I, I think I'm also listening to Eddie Money. <laughs> as you pointed out, the bullpen last year was about as bad as it possibly could have been, especially with uh, signing Trevor Rosenthal and Kyle, Kyle Bearclaw. Like, those moves could not have blown up in a Nats face any more than they did. And also, you know, I do think you have to like what you saw, at least from Tanner Rainey in the playoffs. He wasn't perfect, but he was able to go in there and get some big outs and some big games, and hopefully that kind of gives him a little shot of confidence and maybe he can step up into a little bit bigger role in the pen than he had this year. Okay, uh, so that was uh, freaking tweaking, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, now back to Rudy Gersten. So I've also seen a lot of after-party photos throughout the Nats postseason run with Davey Martinez and FP, among others. What was it like celebrating that run with them? Right place, right time. Most of those, most of those, just you know, uh, the salt line was sort of the unofficial official uh, after-party for uh, the games in DC. They came through, and you know everyone got to you know greet them and, and get pictures with them. The the St. Louis series, I actually had left Salt Line, and um, you know I saw them come through, 
and had to come back, um, you know, probably close to four in the morning uh, to meet my friend. And they were still in there and all the the public was gone. Um, You know, I guess they kick everybody out except, you know, the team. And I sort of just, you know, moseyed on in. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's such a it's such a scene at that point. I mean, these guys, you know, they've just clinched yeah. going to the World Series. They've clinched the pennant. And I got a chance to talk to Davey that night. And he was, you know, he was very, very cool. Um, you know, I told him that I had been a, a critic and that, you know, I felt, terrible and you know I was so <laughs> thankful that you know yeah. I, you know I'd never wanted to be more wrong in my life um you know I'd always said I want to like Davey yeah and you know as it turns out I loved it <laughs> you know I just it's funny how that worked out and then the, the World Series the same sort of a similar you know I knew um the there was a sort of an after party uh at the hotel you know there was it took a lot longer after the World Series for for them to get back mm-hmm. So we're we're talking well after uh, three in the morning. By the time they get back to the hotel, mm-hmm. and there's a big welcome, and you know they come in, and, and you know I, I get a high five from Scherzer on the night we <laughs> pitched Game Seven of the World Series. Wow. Probably the highlight of my life. Sure. Um, you know he's coming through. Uh, everyone, you know, is trying to get you know into the the actual uh, room that they're they're partying in, and. You know, they got guards out there, and they're not letting people in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I found myself in there uh, <laughs> around 4 a.m., yeah, and uh, it, same same thing. Davey's in there, and, it, you know, he sees me walking up. He says, you going to uh, write something nice on Twitter this time? I'm like, <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, this, uh, yes, I, I think I am, Davey. Um, but, yeah, uh, same thing. You know, they were they were all very welcoming, and, and that was, a you know, just an, an, another – in a series of surreal moments this postseason for um, for this fan, I mean, I couldn't believe my luck. You know, on my birthday, yeah. winning Game Seven of the World Series, um, the whole thing. I has it hasn't even really sunk in to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna be uh, looking back at this and saying, "Do we really win?" the world series in game seven on the road. I mean, Oh yeah. Who, who could have, who could have guessed this? I mean, you know, obviously we're still kind of in that championship hangover, but we're starting to move into the hot stove uh, season. Um, as a fan, do you think that the Nats absolutely need to resign Rendon and Strasburg uh, one or the other, or, you know, are you going to be okay if they move in a different direction? Yeah, I, I've sort of, I think the Bryce Harper thing has sort of conditioned us uh-huh. to, at least on Rendon, to um, to not have the expectation uh-huh. that we're going to sign him. Um, I think Strasburg, I'm a lot more confident. Obviously, the chances are a lot higher with yeah. Strasburg. And um, Rendon, he's such a wild card. I mean, it, it's really, yeah. you'd love to say that, you know, the World Series and winning it in the season he had and how much love DC has shown him that, um, you know, this is such a, a no brainer, but uh-huh. you just don't know. And so I'm sort of looking at it with keeping my expectations in check. And if he resigns, I'll be ecstatic. If he doesn't, uh, I just hope it's not a team that we play a lot. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I don't expect it. I mean, it would it'd be a true stunner if he did something like what, what Harper did, if he stayed, you know, in the NL East or, yeah, yeah. um, 
you know that it's just that that would really truly shine. That be that'd be even more hurtful. Now I know you're still a big Skins fan. Do you think the Nats winning a World Series paired with the Caps winning the Cup in 2018 might be the death blow in terms of shifting DC away from being a football town? Or do you think that if like the Skins made the playoffs next year, that things would kind of go back to normal and they'd win back with most of those fans? The Redskins' attendance has been going down the last several years, and uh, I think the last. A year and a half or in the last two seasons it's really been uh sort of a debacle every time you go to the yeah. fedex you know you end up being outnumbered or close to it if there were a one playoff season next year for the redskins i don't think that that would be enough to turn it around i mean unless it were like a a real serious playoff run it is sort of shifting i wouldn't say to the point where you're going to see you know higher ratings for Nats regular season game or even a playoff game than, you know, than the Redskins. But, um, you know, it's clear that the passion right now in this town is with the Nats and the Caps. And, and, you know, you see a lot more um, people wearing Nats hats and Caps hats. I mean, it's almost embarrassing to to go out in public wearing, you know, the Redskins. I mean, it really is. is. I mean, even I've got a closet filled with, you know, Redskins shirts and, and jerseys and hats and stuff. I, I can't remember the last time I, I wore any of it unless I was going to a Redskins game. Sure. Um, it's just, you know, it's not it's not real fun when your team is not only bad, but, you know, sort of as dysfunctional and, and embarrassingly bad as this Redskins team. Definitely. Now, um, we're almost out of time, um, but I wanted uh, to give you a chance to let our listeners know how to keep up with you on social media, you know, and anything else you want to plug? Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm at DC Barno. Um, and I'm not really active much on Instagram, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. It took, it took a few years to, um, you know, get me to be hooked on it. And now I'm sort of addicted to it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I wrote an article for the post, uh, a few weeks ago during the world series. Uh, if anyone wants to check it out, uh, I think it, the title was, uh, uh, don't call us bandwagon fans. Uh, <laughs> Nats fans have earned this. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm 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 on Twitter every day. If anyone wants to <laughs> give me a shout at uh, DC Borno, it's it's like a it's one of my favorite uh, Twitter accounts for sure. <laughs> uh, it really is. Um, I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. and Thank thanks you. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, I really appreciate. Sure, it. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I, I enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Thanks, Rudy. All right. Uh, that was Rudy Gersten, uh, Washington Post contributor and kind of like the most interesting man in the world in terms of, uh, you know, D.C. sports fans. Seems like he's always on a jet, always in the front row of, of uh, you know, every game. And uh, what a cool uh, life that dude leads. Yeah, seriously, right? As you can hear from the, uh, the banging trash cans, <laughs> it is time for the King's Court. All right, uh, hear ye, hear ye. We are in the King's Court. Uh, first up on the royal docket, Nats fans, were they guilty of turning on Davey Martinez too quickly? Absolutely guilty, myself included. I'm guilty. Is that what you want to hear? I don't think that needs any more explanation. I mean, the guy, the guy won a World <laughs> Series. What more can you say? 
but I, we probably should do a little more explanation. <laughs> this is your segment, so I don't want to jump in too much, uh, you know, uh, your majesty. But do you think that the 2019 got off to such a bad start because of all the injuries? I think that was it. I mean, I think in hindsight, that was why they were so bad. I mean, Trey Turner's out, Juan Soto's out, Anthony Rendon is out. So yeah, I mean, you know, no kidding, your team's not going to be that great. So I think everyone kind of jumped on, on Davey. Plus, you know, he had a god-awful bullpen that was just historically terrible all right next up uh the houston astros um obviously this is looking like a really big scandal are they guilty or not guilty of really damaging baseball in 2019 i don't know how much they've damaged baseball but they're definitely guilty of being douchebags <laughs> and I'm I'm lumping in that whole Asuna thing with that assistant yeah. whatever guy who was a total d- and then they yeah. didn't apologize and then kind of apologized but you know and then finally let him go. I'm just like the whole way they handled that was atrocious. So I think in the cosmic significance of things, it, it was very good for baseball that they lost the World Series. Yeah, I, I you know going into that World Series, I, I really didn't have anything against the Astros one way or the other. But by the end of that World Series, they, they were definitely a team I wanted to beat. Yeah, I think the more you found out about them, just the kind of more icky you generally felt. All right, that was the King's Court. Uh, now uh, we're going to bring in Al Galdi. Right now we are joined by Al Galdi, uh, host of the Morning Blitz on the Team 980. Um, Al, thanks so much uh, for taking the time with us today. Yeah, great to be on with you. How you doing? Not too bad. Um, now, first off, I think uh, pretty much every DC sports fan um, is familiar with your voice, has heard your work on the radio. Um, but I was hoping uh, you could give our listeners some insight, kind of how you first got into radio, how you got started, and uh, how you ended up uh, hosting the Morning Blitz now. Yeah, so I'm born and raised in this area. I went to Georgetown Prep High School in Rockville, went to the University of Maryland. And I actually started interning at the station in 1998. My uh, my dad's a doctor. He saw the head of the station as a patient, and he <laughs> mentioned to the guy. I know it was, it was such a lucky thing. He mentioned to the guy how much of a how much of an interest I had in the business. I was someone who, when the station started in '92, I listened to it like nonstop. Yeah, so yeah. I started off as a promotions intern, and I've been there ever since. It's, it's been a long ride. And uh, just kind of climb the ladder, uh, you know, rung by rungs. So looking back at this Nats run, how would you compare it to other great moments in D.C. sports history? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, I mean, it, it's, I think, top five pretty easily. And, and I think when you talk about the story of this, you know, where D.C. is a two-time loser of baseball for all kinds of different reasons, you'd think about the journey by which we got a team back, which was this, you know, arduous process. And it was, you know, one sort of tease after another. And then you think about the actual season, which of course itself was dramatic with the 19 and 31. Mm-hmm. And then you think about the postseason run, you know, with all the elimination games and, you know, not a single uh, home team winning in the world series. Yeah. And I think the story of this is just incredible. Certainly when you consider where they were at 19 and 31, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's one of the greatest 
in-season turnarounds ever. Forget about just DC sports in pro sports history. Now, at 19 and 31, uh, most everybody wanted Davey Martinez fired. I know I did. Um, what was your view of him then? And what is your view of him now? Um, and how much credit do you think he deserves uh, for the turnaround and for this run? So I was a Davey defender. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I, uh, I'm not a believer in the manager having that much of an impact on a team, especially in the regular season. It's not to say the manager has no impact, but I thought last year was a lot more about injury and underachievement and improved division than it was ever about Davey. Mm. And I thought 19 and 31 this year was a lot more about injury and underachievement and a better division than it ever was about Davey. That doesn't mean that Davey was perfect. He wasn't. He overused relievers. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were a sloppy mess at times early in the season, and that was a bad reflection on Davey. But when we got to 19 and 31, he had not done anything to make you stand on a table and defend him. Yeah. But I just thought if you looked at things critically, I couldn't put their their lack of success on him. And obviously, he never lost the team, which I always thought was like the, the biggest credit to him, especially last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, things got really ugly in 2015. Matt Williams obviously lost the team. Davey didn't last year, and I thought that that was key. And then in the postseason, and that's where I think a manager does really make a difference, I thought Davey was outstanding. I mean, he managed, I thought, with an urgency and with a, you know, a, a really a progressive nature that yeah. I just thought was so impressive. The way he navigated, I mean, their bullpen was terrible. Like, you can't overstate that. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the worst bullpens in the history of baseball. Atrocious, right? Yeah, yeah. And even after they made the trades, it still was bad. Those trades didn't fix any. The Hudson acquisition was the only one that worked. The yeah. other two were complete flops. Totally. And so... The way that he navigated around that through an entire postseason, masterfully using starters as relievers, and not just in elimination games, because that's been done for a while, but when he used Corbin in NLCS Game 2, not because he had to, but because he wanted to, to establish a 2-0 lead like that, I just I, that to me, that was such a great moment. That to me is one of the underrated moments of, the, of their run, because it's like it signified to you, they're going for it, and yeah. they're not apologizing for this. The only thing I didn't like in the postseason was the constant sacrifice punting with Adam Eaton. I thought yeah, that, that was I strange. That. I was like, stop doing that. I know, he can hit. But otherwise, <laughs> Davey was tremendous. So what are your thoughts on Donaldson or Moustakas as potential Rendon replacements? Yeah, I mean, I, I, like most people, I like Donaldson more. Um, yeah. You know, what worries you with Donaldson is the age and the injury history. But I think you could get Donaldson at, like, say, three years for like, I don't know, 20-something per a year, like yeah. not nearly as much as you're going to have to pay Rendon. And, you know, if you look at the numbers for this year, Rendon was a better hitter. I mean, he's better than most hitters, but Donaldson was a better fielder. Donaldson's defensive war actually blew away Rendon's this year. Not that that's gospel, but sure. I mean, Donaldson had a really good bounce back year. He stayed healthy. And if you're talking about like production per dollar, if you're being economical about it, are you better off with Rendon at five years say 175 million or Donaldson three years, say 70 million. I mean, it's a lot less money, only three years. And you might for at least two of those years, get a guy who's as good, maybe even better. Who knows? But Rendon was just so good this year. He was so clutch in October. And you know, I I guess I just big picture. And I say, you lose Harper and Rendon in back-to-back off seasons and you get back next, you get back basically nothing for them. Like 
that to me, that it's hard to do business that way. Like the Harper thing, it still kills me that they didn't trade him to Houston. Rizzo had to deal on the oh, table man, and learners yeah. put the kibosh on it. I know. Not that that was some like glorious package of prospects, but I mean, something's better than nothing. Right. Yeah. The other thing too, I think about is I, I don't know how much this has been talked about. I don't know how viable it is, but if Rendon leaves, can they put Carter Keboom at third? I, I know he's done a little bit of it in the minors. I, I think you could put Keboom at third if you had to. Yeah, I mean, it's not ideal. I, I think you want Keboom at second, and we saw how much of a mess he was at short when they brought him <laughs> up early this year. Yeah. But. Um, now, are any other moves uh, this hot stove season you think the Nats could make that maybe would be under the radar or, or not being talked about right now? Assuming they keep a comparable budget, if they re-sign both Strasburg and Rodona, I think it's going to be hard to make another major move. But if they don't re-sign both, then I think things actually do get really interesting. Yeah. If they don't re-sign Strasburg... I wonder, why wouldn't they become players for Garrett Cole? I, I think mean, the same thing. You, yeah, I mean, Cole's a Boris guy. We know how they feel about Boris. So I think that could actually be exciting. You have Madison Bumgarner out there. You have Zach Wheeler out there. And they're going to cost you a lot less. And Bumgarner seems like the kind of guy Rizzo would love. I mean, who wouldn't want him? Yeah. And he's actually, I didn't realize this until the other day, he's younger than Strasburg. Yeah, no, he that. started really young. And, uh, you know, I think he's only 29 or something, maybe. Uh, yeah. Might have something left in a tank. Like he's 35. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. and, and he, he did stay healthy this past year. So, you know. It's not like he can't do it. It's just I think his ERA was like three nine or something. It's yeah. just, you know, he's just not like a dominant ace. But you would get him at a pretty nice price. The other thing too is the bullpen. Like I think it kind of gets forgotten. They have to fix his bullpen. They can't go through another year like this. Yeah. And we saw we saw the Braves give Will Smith real money. You know, mm-hmm. three for thirty nine. It's so hard with these relievers though because so many of these free agent contracts look bad like almost immediately. These relievers are so fickle. They're so year to year. But something has to happen. I think the biggest criticism to have of Mike Rizzo is that they do not produce pitching anymore from their farm system, both starting and relieving. They, they've true. not done a very good job of that. And so, you know, to keep having to make these in-season trades for relievers, I just I hate to see them continually have to do that. It'd be nice to somehow figure out the pen in the offseason and not have to play the game they seemingly play every year, which is, okay, who's Rizzo going to trade for this year? (laughs) So I wanted to touch a little bit on the Astros sign-stealing scandal. Kevin and I were debating this earlier. How bad do you think this is for baseball? Well, I think it's really bad. I don't think they're the only team that does this, and I think it's kind of a natural extension of this, you know, data arms race that Mm -hmm. everybody's in. I mean, the, the Astros are at the vanguard of the analytics revolution, and I think this is an extension of that. It's like you want as much information as possible. You're going to use technology as best you can. And I think lines get blurred in that way. So, you know, I think it's probably in some ways, if you remember Bounty Gate in the NFL, yeah, everyone does it or a lot of teams do it. The Astros may end up being like the Saints where they're sort of the example is mm-hmm. made with them. But I know from a Nats perspective, I mean, I'm sure you saw this, that Barry's Verluga piece. Yeah. On how the Nats navigated around this. That was crazy. Yeah. The system they had in place in the World Series to avoid sign stealing, this intricate, multi-layered way of communicating between pitcher and catcher, I thought that was so impressive. And that's another example of, like, great baseball operations. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not just Davey. That's, you know, Rizzo and and their baseball ops people, you know, Menhart and all those guys. But they came up with this super sophisticated (laughs) 
and, and really confusing way of doing it, but uh, obviously it ended up working. So that's another thing that makes their championship run, I think, look even better. Now, we're almost out of time, uh, but please let our listeners know how they can keep up with you on social media, um, you know, when we can listen to your shows, and, uh, you know, anything else you want to plug. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, so I'm on uh, Twitter, at Al Galdi. I'm on, uh, like you said, the Morning Blitz, 6 to 7 a.m. weekdays, and I'm also on 10 to 1 weekdays with Doc Walker. And uh, people can listen on the radio at uh, 95.9 FM. And we're also on 980 AM. And uh, if not that, our website, theteam980.com. And uh, our app, the Team 980 app, which is free to download. So many ways to consume what I do. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Al. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan of what you do. And I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thanks so much, Al. All right, uh, that was Al Galdi uh, from 980, uh, the team. Uh, really appreciate him uh, taking time out of his busy schedule to do our show. So uh, I think that's pretty much our episode, Brian. Uh, Nats won the World Series, and I still can't believe it. And what's going to be crazy is all the like fun, joyous feelings are going to come back to you when next season starts, because suddenly you're like, oh yeah, that's right, <laughs> we're the defending champions, yeah. And they'll raise the yeah. banner and do all that fun stuff. So yeah, it's going to be a long, fun trip, and I'm super stoked. So anyway, uh, I don't know when we're going to do another podcast, but we'll probably be back at some point before the start of the season when the hot stoves materialize a little bit. Way too early, but... Uh, what are your thoughts on the 2020 Nats, or, or do you even care at this point? Oh, I'm still in the, like, who even cares? Like, they'll sign some guys, yeah. they'll have a team, it'll be fun, whatever. <laughs> they won the World Series. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, that first year afterwards is kind of like a gimme year. Really, I think uh, my favorite thing is going to be going on MLB.com and watching the Braves unveil their... 2019 NLE's championship banner. I think I'll get like some perverse pleasure out of that. But yeah, <laughs> it's way too soon for me to really care too much about uh, the 2020 roster. Um, but anyway, uh, I think that's probably our episode, Brian. Uh, go Nats. <laughs> go World Series champion Nats. Nats.